trouble. Welcome to the Brick City Blockade Podcast. There's the blockade. Join Robin Vogt and Sean Michaud. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. As they break down that galaxy far, far away. Well, oh well, oh well. Look at who we have here. I think we got the full... I don't think they can look, though. No, they can't. It's kind of sad. But they can listen. But they can listen. You're right, James. It's the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast Network here from Krypton Comics in Exeter, New Hampshire. You guys know we do a lot of stuff here. But this time around, you're used to seeing some of the familiar faces, or you're used to hearing some of the familiar voices. But we got some new people here, and some very exciting people here. Me? Yeah, I guess, I guess we could. I guess we could consider you exciting. So let me. <laughs> I guess we might as well go around as tradition and say who we are, where we graduated from. No, I'm not going to get into that. But go around and uh, let's get this baby rolling because I think we got a lot to talk about here on the show. Cinderella, left of me. Uh, James, as per usual. Hi, here I am. Um, and for my summer vacation. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much just it. All my social media is being reset because somebody hacked me. So I got nothing. <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> Take it away, Jim. And I got to follow that. All right. Jim Roberts here as well. Glad you're here, Scott. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead. Scott's here in person. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank Get you. the pile of toys going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm here in person. It got over a computer screen for a change. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So used to doing the talking far, far away, seeing you across the screen. Yeah. Now I'm looking at you not from across the pond, but from oh, across the table. Force Awakens tablecloth. And Chanley <laughs> nice. helped him with the American custom of when you receive a gift, you don't return the money. <laughs> <laughs> How much do I owe you for these birthday gifts? <laughs> it's very custom in the UK. Trust me. You must have met my family before. <laughs> oh, Chris Levy, Vintage Viewport. Hang Brian, out. Brian Fontaine. Sean, yeah. Everyone knows who I am. And uh, Katie McFarland. Yeah, Katie. <laughs> second appearance. Second, second appearance. Second appearance. Podcast. So, yeah. so awesome. Man, I think, Scott, first of all, so exciting to have you here in America. It's been long awaited. I know you and I first started the conversation. James joined in on the conversation about you coming here to America. And we the first thing we said was, listen, all right, when you get here, first of all, you got to experience some, a little bit of the fast food industry. <laughs> so we went to, where do we go when you get off the plane? Supersonic. Mm-hmm. Supersonic. Yeah. One in Saugus. Yeah. Nice. And uh, partook in some... Uh, where was the first store you want to go to because i know james when we were talking with scott and sean joined the conversation actually it was probably only about like what four nights before you, you came over <laughs> that we all sat down and we talked you know we have to plan these things out we have to plan what's happening what whether the plan of events are going to be and the first store, was Target. Yeah. I wanted to go to Target because I've heard so much about it. So I had to experience <laughs> it's Target. actually Target. It's Target. Yeah. Target. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And did you have to? You have to spend at least fifty dollars American when you walk in. I don't know. If you, you, you have one thing on your list, you automatically just end up with fifty dollars worth of stuff. I'm, a, I'm Scottish. I'm tight. <laughs> but it was it was so cool because one of the funniest one of the funniest things I have to admit <laughs> when we when we went to Sonic and we, we walked in, Scott. The first thing he looked at me, he's like, oh, I can't understand this. Wait, what is this board? What is it telling me? And so we had the whole argument of the difference between French fries and chips and the, the difference between overseas. And, and Scott, you're like, you're like, no, no, it's chips. It's chips. And I, I thought it was just great because that, that just the first moment when you see the proportion size of American food, it, it, it was just hilarious. What was, what was that experience like for you? Like portions of your like a large, what you call a region, that was a large in the UK. It's like, oh, yeah. uh, it was fine, uh, it was tasty. It was, this is more like food talk now, so we're on a food Yeah, talk. no, no, I, I, was, I was hoping to get a little Guy Fieri, like, yeah, there's a little bit of the garlic, and you got that little bit of flavor in there, and you got, you know, man, that was great. No, but that's... Yeah, no, it was quite nice, it was, it was tasty. We'll make a Guy Fieri out of you, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's even some some more of a Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> That's better, Gordon Ramsay. Yep. You just have to exactly. curse a lot more. And yell at I can't do that. You had a lot of questions, too, about certain things. Like, multiple times you said to James, Sean, and I, you were like, what, what, you're driving on the wrong side of the road. Oh, yeah, many times. <laughs> I believe at one point he actually asked you to cross the median <laughs> in, the, uh, in, in the southbound lane going north um, to make him feel more comfortable. <laughs> we had an album with what American chain shows, too. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't know. Robin did try to show me again this morning. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so that really doesn't make sense. It costs more to make a penny than a penny is actually worth. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and one of the other things that happened along the trip is we stopped at the North Shore Mall and Scott to ex got to experience Think Geek for the first time. Scott, I mean, you walked in, dude, and that was just. It was tempting not to buy anything. <laughs> it was hard. Very hard not to buy anything, but I have a little bit of space in my suitcase. Yeah. Otherwise, I would need a tugboat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Go to the post office. Can I get a ship to you or you? Maybe my old customers when I get back. <laughs> so that was great. And then Newberry Comics, of course, you saw that. Oh, for the... we were just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we're not even done yet. Yeah. That's the best yeah. part. Of course, yeah. we should have so taken them to Spencer's gifts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't need to go into detail. No, no, no. We no, we'll just, we'll just send them in the back section of the store there. Was it something like Ann Summers? What's that? Was it something like Ann Summers? You know what Ann Summers no. is, no? All right, we'll get we'll it then. <laughs> <laughs> And on the way, summers, all I'm thinking of like Adam Madison. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and on the way out of the North Shore Ball, it was great because I can't even. It, it was the the whole the whole thing concerning our poor friend on Hoff, Mr. Dak himself. Dak, Dak. <laughs> now that had to have been one of my favorite moments up to this point, and we've had a lot of moments already. Uh, <laughs> it was it was just hilarious because we're walking out and I don't know how the conversation even came. Was it because we saw the snow speeder at the yeah, Lego store? Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, oh, that's quite cool. 
and then we just started going about Dak and about how the poor boy man got squashed to death by a eighty eighty. Yeah, it, it was just it was it got to the point of we started playing out different scenarios. Like, what happened if he'd stomped on him this way and his eyeballs started to pop out? Or do we – and then today we come up with Dak Jam, which is what is the leftover of our good friend Dak and Jim. I think we spoke uh, about a possible musing of the Dark Side episode or a mixtape um, <laughs> involving Mr. Dak himself. But it was just so funny because he's – poor Scott. He's walking out to the parking lot. He's like, oh, oh, please, stop it. He's just laughing so hard. People are looking. I think people are looking. Going, <laughs> Pray for it to stop. <laughs> Somehow that conversation evolved from Dak's last moments and what went through his head to North Korean AT-80s. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it's kind of all downhill from there. <laughs> it, it really was. And I, I just have to say, Scott, I mean, that, that was the first time, really, for you Coming to America, you, you know, you keep calling it a shopping center. Yeah. Yeah, we call it malls here. You were quite impressed with the amount of stores within. Yeah, because our, all our shops and our shopping centers are in the cities and everywhere else are closing down. Brexit, people, Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just quite weird. It's, it was a change, it was different. It seems different from yeah. the normal, mundane. Super, I'm not sure myself. Right. Of, of all the experiences you've had so far, <laughs> <laughs> all is, is, is the key word there. Um, which one so far w- would you write home about, do you feel? Um, I'd be going to the cinema. Yeah? Uh, see American made. And I fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't just fall asleep, you snored. <laughs> The lady next to you was taking notice. <laughs> she was talking. Yeah, the player cheers. I had no idea. You, get, you, guys, get, you guys get that? Not in Sydney world, no. You I told you, you shouldn't take them to Chunkies. <laughs> oh, yeah. We could, yeah. <laughs> I was tired. Where, where'd you go? go? Uh, Regal. Okay, in Newington? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, those are some nice and comfy seats yeah. there. That's well, where I fell asleep. In Sydney world, we just don't have them. Yeah. It's, Quite nice. I did wake up for the end of the day. Sorry. <laughs> 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 you blame the jet lag. Yeah, that's what I'm blaming it on. <laughs> blame Tom Cruise on the jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the last thing I saw Tom Cruise and I actually liked was Tropic Thunder. That's mostly because yeah. I didn't know it was him until the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... Sorry, you know, Mr. Cruise. <laughs> so I think what, one of the... One of the conversations we definitely have to talk about here is, um, Scott, you and I have talked about it on multiple uh, Talk in Far, Far Away episodes. If you guys haven't listened, please please make sure to go over it and listen, subscribe, and rate on Zena Duncan's rec- the recent episode that I did with her. Thank you, Chris Letty, while you were here. Um, that, that was such a great episode, and Zena oh, yeah. is... is such a great person. I mean, just to interact with people, obviously in England, Scotland, and in Europe has been a wonderful, wonderful thing. So definitely check out that episode. It's, it's really a great thing, but on talking far, far away, one of the things that you and I have been talking about Scott a lot is the last Jedi. Mm -hmm. And as we're moving closer and closer to that time, 
I know, Katie's over here. It's <laughs> <laughs> not just two months away. Yeah, two months away it's there. amazing to think that we're at that point now. And with a trailer, literally right around the corner. Which I have to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that much of a chore. I know. Right? It's because I'm up at 5 o'clock to play work. Mm. So I think, I think truly, I know, again, Scott, you and I have been talking about it. What do we think... Or it's not necessarily what do we think, actually. It's more of what would we like to see in this upcoming trailer, not necessarily what we have to see. Because I think the first one was just such a nice little palate taste just to kind of get us going on The Last Jedi coming out. And Katie, I'm going to throw it right on over to you no to start this off. No pressure. No pressure. Spotlight on you. Oh, man. What I want to see? Yeah, with this upcoming trailer. I'm just, like, super nervous because every interview I keep reading is about, like, one of the actors saying, you know, Ryan went in this direction, and I was just totally, like, blown away by it. And so I'm just, like, irrationally nervous. <laughs> right. <laughs> and especially with the tone that the last trailer ended on, I, I'm just curious to see if there's any more of that, any more of those sort of, like, dark tones. And, foreboding. Yeah, yeah, foreboding. That's a great word. So, yeah, that's pretty... <laughs> Just nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of Star Wars fans are nervous about what we're going to be seeing because that first one did set set it right off the mm-hmm. bat. Like it, it allowed us to really think, and obviously we've had discussions ever since then on that first trailer and everything. Sean, first trailer, well, second trailer, I first think, one, I, first one with high expectations. I've seen the first one. Oh, okay, good. I, I just want to be sure. We also have to pause this and I've not seen the second one yet. No, that's, that's, I wish I had. <clears throat> yeah, right now would have been a great time to have seen it. Sean, what would you like to see in this uh, next one? For me, I think I would love to see more of how the planets, more, more like the new characters and more planets. Because we see, we see the old characters in the, in the first trailer. And like what Katie said, I'm also really nervous and I don't want to have... This trailer is going to be really, really amazing, but also really nervous just i i don't know how it's gonna be always the first trailer is the best one and then sometimes it goes downhill don't want that to happen uh rogue one kind of did that to me so that's my opinion right you know you've had adam driver say like you know sometimes maybe we just go into the film and just see how it is I'm getting to the point where I could almost... If they give me a trailer, I'll watch it. But if they weren't going to give us one, I'd actually be okay with that. Um, I don't... I think to Sean's kind of point, I want to see a little bit more world building, how it's all going to interact. I'm really interested in the uh, Canto Bight and Canautica or whatever that planet is going to be called. The the biggest mystery to me outside of... We've all talked about kind of Ray's lineage a little bit. Obviously, they're not going to give that way in a trailer. Uh, but I want a little bit more about why Luke Skywalker's on the island and to Katie's point talking about a lot of the interviews and stuff and I just went looking yesterday I tried to find the um, Empire Magazine to that cover story because there's apparently two really good interviews with one with Mark Hamill the other with Ryan Johnson and again just like J.J. Abrams went in and said who is Luke Skywalker I mean basically the entire script from what I've gathered, basically built out from why is he on the island, and then that, then he went to each character. What are they? What's their biggest challenge? And he made a whole movie about that. And just we were already excited mm. about it, but it just sounds amazing. My expectations are really high, but 
I also won't be disappointed too if they don't give us a ton because I mean like we just talked about I mean we're less than we're about two months from the film at this point so Chris yeah I mean I'm I'm right on the same page as Brian I I'm the biggest thing for me is the visuals I just want to see more of uh, the new environments and uh, maybe some of the new some some of the old characters in new in new outfits maybe a shot of the the Praetorian guards something like that I'm not I'm trying to stay away from a lot of the uh, the interviews and stuff like that. I don't. I'm trying to go in a little bit more blind this time around than I was with the Force Awakens. So I'll take what they give me, but I'm not going to dig too deep. That's. I've only watched the the last trailer like three or four times. So just so I I'm not like obsessed with it, and I I know every frame. So I'm just I'm just trying to take it as it is, you know. And for me, I'm <clears throat> wanting to see Snoke. I want to actually see if it's going to be a puppet that was reported, or is it actually going to be like a tool. Well, what Anne Sickers played it in Force Awakens, but I don't want to see if it's a holder. <laughs> well, if you've seen the action figure right now, and they're showing his undergarments, <laughs> yeah, <there>. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it looks like Grandpa Grandpa Snoke. Yeah, I know. Oh, no, he's Hef now. The one does look like you have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, I, I really want to see Snoke. I want to see actually like in the trailer. Maybe not like saying anything, just something like quite sure. Um, I don't want to say the trailers that happened in the Force Awakens trailers was a lightsaber battle. I want to be that kept hidden mm. so we can prepare for mm. it. So that's what I want to see. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I'm kind of a combination of most of what's just been said where Snoke, absolutely. And I don't want to see a lot of them. I just want to see kind of a quick shot of it. That's, you know, I, I'm more interested in that character than I thought I would be as we get closer to this movie. Partially because of James's theory, that kind of definitely got me more into it when you and Robin talked about that recently. But I'm with the rest of you guys too, where and I think Brian and I talked about this on one of the episodes of the Cantina, where I said I wish I had the willpower just to not watch any of the trailers and just go in completely cold. And Brian pointed out you don't have the willpower to do that, and he was absolutely <laughs> right. And I'm gonna watch the next trailer, but I almost would rather see them kind of give us a little bit um, different editing of some of the stuff they've already showed us mm -hmm. and maybe just give us a little bit more. If they give us a very similar trailer and maybe 20% is stuff that we haven't seen yet, I'll be fine. Uh, I'm good and I, I agree with everybody else where if we didn't see another trailer between now and the movie, I'd definitely be okay with that. And uh, so I'm kind of conflicted. I'd almost rather them not do a trailer and mm -hmm. go in that much more cold, quote unquote, yeah. into the movie. I'm agreeing with Chris on this one that unlike with Force Force Awakens, I'd actually like to uh, go into this one not really seeing anything, not really knowing anything going in, because I don't want the same thing to happen with Star Wars that happened to me with Game of Thrones, where everything got spoiled for me right before it came out. I'm, I've, I've seen things that concern me about this film. I think I'm setting my expectation bar a little bit lower than other people simply because I feel like this is going to be the movie that makes the new Star Wars franchise or breaks the new Star Wars franchise. Mm -hmm. And we'll go back to the whole Death Star thing where it's on the box for one of the Kylo Ren action figures, and I'm really worried they're going to reuse the same tired old plot device. And I've kind of been skeptical at best. So I'm I'm expecting little and hoping for a lot. The trailer itself, what I'd like to see is um, a little bit more 
of the expansive new universe. I'd like to see some of the some of the new characters they're going to bring in. Um, I don't want this. Don't want them to tell us who the new characters are yet. But I'd, I'd like to see some of what we're going to see, so that maybe we can get some kind of confirmation that this is going to be a good movie and it's not going to just be another. It's not going to just be another Star Wars movie. It's going to be something new and something different, mm-hmm. and they're going to keep going along the lines that they set. Not much with you know carbon copy Force Awakens, but with Rogue One, where it's a darker, more grown up, more you get to see kind of the gritty side of everything universe. Yeah. You and I talked about it, James, on our Snoke focused episode, and it's funny because I was watching. Uh, Dweeb Factory does their What the Force Live on Facebook on Wednesday night. So big shout out to them. They do a great little job of just kind of just discussing some of the minor things, this the smaller aspects of the Star Wars universe and kind of just bringing those out into conversation. So again, big shout out to them. Big supporters of the Brick City. They always shout us out. They always promote us on their Facebook page. So I, I think that uh, that's really a, a great outlet. And one of the things they talked about uh, this upcoming week, I was in the chat room talking them about is they listen to our episode, James, and they've listened to Scott and I discuss Supreme Leader Snoke on multiple occasions. And the conclusion that I've come to on what I would like to see in this upcoming trailer is not necessarily physically Snoke. I need a dark side trailer. I need something that's going to be dark because I think that's what Ryan Johnson wants to capture in this film. He wants to capture something really dark. And I don't need to see Snoke but I'd like to hear his voice. I'd like to hear his voice say something on the lines of the the interpretation of the dark side in the past has been wrong. The way that I am structuring this new dark side or I've been around for thousands of years and I've seen the rise of the true Sith. That's the kind of the message I want to get is more of the lines of almost like an old Republic in the sense that Snoke is truly trying to rebuild what the Sith created thousands of years ago. Because we see it with Empire's End. Spoilers, I know. When we're talking about the Acolytes and we're talking about this new rise in almost bringing the youth into the Sith Empire, kind of that focus, I think it would be really cool to hear his voice saying, everything up to this point has been a lie. I've experienced, I saw the destruction of where the son could have killed the father, but he didn't. And I think that's where Snoke's opinion lies is that he could have really become more than that at one end point so we had, i don't think any of us have talked about this theory and i gotta give a shout out to alan voivod and i think he mentioned this in one of his recent episodes within the le- at least the last two weeks and you you just made me think of this on the spot robin when you talk about the, the acolytes there and we we talked so this theory that's kind of out there and maybe if everybody knows about it i just just heard about it myself but the fact that we talk about the Luke Skywalker's, you know, failed Jedi Academy and talking about the Knights of Ren and stuff. The theory out there was the fact that Kylo Ren didn't kill everybody. He recruited everybody mm-hmm. and that all of the students are now the Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. I, haven't, I didn't hear that one. That's yeah. Me. yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's a cool thing. Where it does become a... You know, a tragedy, I guess, per se. Uh, Jim, you and I have talked multiple times about why is potentially Luke Skywalker so reclusive, but I don't. I that's going to be one question that I think will be answered in this film. But 
maybe it comes a little less dark and less morbid if the fact that they just change sides basically versus all being you know murdered i mean that i don't know that that's going to be something cool there but i don't know mm. it, it kind of along the same lines of just like where there's these Darth Vader fanboys basically out mm -hmm. there and, and you know and fangirls too that uh, I don't know collecting Discuss. his relics and yeah. looking for his lightsaber <clears throat> and it would be interesting I I like that theory it's it is kind of tragic because mm. the fact that Luke Skywalker lost lost all these these students to Kylo Ren I mean that would be really interesting to see how that actually played out because I mean, Luke Skywalker, you'd think it would take a lot for for a bunch of um, students to turn on it's him. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So I mean, that's definitely definitely an interesting theory. Yeah, that's a. I honestly don't know about that one to be honest. Yeah. I heard something like that before about them being like Kylo Ren have took them all with some or snow or snow or yeah. anybody, yeah. but. Hey, so Skywalker, would you want to turn your back on the Skywalker? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of these things, whether they do it in the movie or it's going to be more explained in a book. Mm -hmm. I, to me, I think it would work better in a book. Yeah. 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 yeah, like I don't think we'll get that in, in the film, but yeah. if that was Hints what the origin, or, you know, yeah. that was their origin or, or something, it's... Even if it's completely just out there and whatever, I just I love that type of thinking, uh, and I think that's one of the best things that you know we do. We've talked in the past of like you know we hear rumors or news and we try as a as a group do we do we comment on this yet? Do we share what we think or should we just let the let the chips fall a little bit and then then talk about it versus trying to be first or trying to be best or trying mm -hmm. to be right because we're none of those things we're actually mm -hmm. probably the worst yeah. we don't know anything <laughs> we are, and uh, we certainly don't know what we're doing so yeah what are we doing i don't know <laughs> <laughs> heavy's dose of sarcasm <laughs> let me propose this to the council all right you may speak <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get the rank of master, Rob. No, 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 there's, there's, there's a great misconception of that. No, I, I, I think now that I, we've had discussions about it here at the network, Brian, you brought it up beautifully that there could be this other angle to The Last Jedi that we haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. And whether that's an acolyte book, which yeah, I would oh go crazy over, because I think that Chuck Wendig kind of right. pushed it the that way. Serious were they just you know whetted your appetite with that yeah. that storyline i could have used so much more you know yeah just enough but no and i think the question i have for everybody is that we focus on the luke we focus on leia now we focus on the story of kylo ren one of the greatest mysteries i think with the last jedi and as we move forward, is the Knights of Ren and where they fit into the equation, whether it's acolytes that ended up being picked up in Luke's Academy, whether it's a completely different entity, as I wrote about in my article about Praetorian Guards, where you had the experienced acolytes who therefore serve Snoke as the Praetorian Guards. And there's these different forms that these acolytes take on. And whether that takes on a different direction, I don't know. But my question to everybody is, is that 
Do we think that The Last Jedi is going to produce answers for the Knights of Ren? Or do we think that we're going to see this play out in the canonized universe, in novels, just as a little way of filling in the gaps now as we head between 7 and 8 and then obviously on to 9, now with J.J. Abrams wrapping this thing up, the man who really jump-started everything, built the idea of the Knights of Ren in his discussion, and of course the acolytes with Chuck Wendig. Curious to hear people's thoughts on that. Don't think the night is split. I get good morning eight, but I can I can see a comic book series. Yeah. You know, really, um, I don't think it's going to be fleshed out too much in episode eight. Just my opinion, but uh, yeah, I could see or a uh, like a YA novel. You know, kind of more dark side focused, the Knights of Ren, or maybe even Praetorian Guards, Acolytes, something along those lines. But hmm. yeah, I agree. I mean, I think if we get anything in the Last Jedi, let's say that it is this theory where um, you know they're former pupils of Luke's. If there's a confrontation where Rey and Luke are there with Kylo Ren, and there are some Knights of Ren, there's a comment made like, "You couldn't teach your former pupils. That's why they're here with me now." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that would be yeah. it. Yeah, that would be all that we get in that movie, and then there would be something <laughs> filling in the gaps, like you're saying, Robin later on i mean i'd be surprised if there was more detail than that well we think back to like the original trilogy and stuff like that we had so many things where they it was a good movie isn't there to checklist off all these things and answer questions right. mm -hmm. it's to it's this is going to be an ongoing universe and if they answer every question in this next film and the next film after that and the next film after that i think the biggest <laughs> thing is we have the ability to use our imaginations and our creativity and just working things out to figure out what things could be if they give us all the answers where's the, where's the fun in that so i don't know robin we haven't played over under in a, in a while <laughs> you, yes you know where we're going with this but okay let's just use just the last jedi and maybe we just have outstanding questions or, or things from the force awakens that are now there or anything that that's come up before there i mean what's the over under on things that we get answers for in this film is it like mm. I'll, I'll say 30 percent do we get over under 30% of the answers we want. Yeah. It depends on what your questions are. Everyone has different Just in questions. general. Just, just in it general. It depends on different... Everyone, everyone's going to be different. It's not that deep, Sean. <laughs> it is this deep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're over. Yes, I'm over. <laughs> How about you, Katie? This is too much math. Okay, so 30% of our questions... Yeah, so you say you have 10 questions. Uh -huh. Are they going to answer three of them or more? I think so. Yeah. Okay, you're over. I think so. I'm down near 1%. I don't think we're going to get any answers. I think that they're so really... Keep adding on the questions. They're just going to keep adding on the questions because if you answer the questions all at once, where's the next three episodes coming from? Where are the next three going to come? You have so much time. We know that Disney's going to slate these films for quite a long time. They ain't slowing down anytime soon. We know that Right, right. That's a whole other conversation. But I think now with episode nine, and they chose J.J. Abrams to finish this thing up for this trilogy, I think like he did with Force Awakens, episode nine, he's rewriting the script a little bit to continue those next three episodes after that. Because he's the right guy, I feel, personally, to do that since he was the one who let it off. So I'm keeping it at 1% because I know they have a timeline they're working with. And I have a funny feeling that we're really going to expand this universe 
not just through the movies, but connecting it to the novel, Scott. One thing that you and I always talk about. One thing that just sparked is, I wonder if Trevorrow's script was a little bit too finite. Like there was too many questions answered. It stopped the storyline in a number of areas where Kathleen Kennedy, the story group, Disney were like, look, these are characters that we want to continue on. And he was just like, no, I want these characters to, I want their stories to be over. And I mean, just, just an idea, but maybe that's part of what uh, sent him packing. So you'd be under? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm under. James? I am going to go under, but not because I don't think they're going to answer questions. I do think that a lot of the questions that we want answered, um, like, you know, who exactly is the Knight, are, there, are the Knights of Ren? I'm hoping to answer some of those questions because by answering those questions, they're going to create far more questions. So mm-hmm. I'll say if, if we're doing 30%, I'm going to say they're probably going to answer about 50, 60% of the questions that we have, but then... They're gonna create about a thousand more, so I have to. I have to, <laughs> yeah, I have to, I have to go under by law of averages. Yeah, well, it's funny. I, I'm thinking almost the same thing, and uh, this keeps happening to me. Every time it gets to me, the person right before me is saying, "So I'm gonna have nothing constructive I mean, to add to this." I'm just like, why are you here? I don't know. He did a really good musings episode, so I think that's why he's here. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but yet, yeah, no, I, I, I think I would go over. I, I think they will answer more than thirty percent, but. When they answer, when they give us an answer, and let's just—we've been talking a lot about who is Ray. Yeah. If they say Ray is a Skywalker, how many more questions does that create? It creates what a least? ton. If he, if she's a Kenobi, it creates a ton more questions. How the hell is she a Kenobi? That is. So I think they're going to answer a lot of questions, but it their answers just open up so many doors to additional questions and additional stories that need to be told. Mm-hmm. I. It's going to be more than 30%, but it's still going to have us walking out of the theater with a whole new set of stuff mm-hmm. to discuss and new yeah. questions. Yeah, I think it's going to be about 40%. I think the questions, some of the, I don't think every, all the questions I thought will be answered. I think it is going to go into the books. They need to bridge these two together. I've said it before. They just need to be bridged together because the comics have done it a bit. Um, and the television shows have done it. We saw the, the, the ghost in Rogue One, etc. So yes, 40%, but I think the Knights of Ren will get answered in a book. A wee bit more in a book. To try and a wee bit. A wee bit. <laughs> a wee bit. <laughs> you had to expect that was going to be in there, Brian. I know. I had. To, I was. Uh, we should have set an over-under on that. Uh, no, I actually... Uh, my, my, uh, I'm thinking right along the same lines as, as Scott and James are with it probably be about 50-60%, with the caveat being there's going to be a lot more questions that will go from there. But... I think they have to answer some. They're not going to answer all of them. I mean, go, going back to what started this, this original trilogy, we got the Emperor. We didn't... How long did it take us to find out he was Emperor Palpatine? How long did it take us to find out he was Sheev? And, and all these other things. Like, for the longest time, we were okay with what we, we got. And I think just we've evolved as, as a fandom and a community to... We talk about it all the time, too. You can be... If you're a Star Wars fan... If you identify as a Star Wars fan, great. I love that. You can. There's all kinds of different things. You can just really focus on the movies, the novels. You know, a lot of people out there are just Star Wars Rebels only. And I mean, everything's perfectly fine. If you want the questions answered, they'll probably be there for you if you dig deep enough. But it'll be for the 
for people that just want to do the movies that you won't have to they're not going to make you read all these other things to find out what's mm-hmm. there but it's there if you want the answers I think and you're no less of a fan if you don't want them well that was like Catalyst yeah, yeah. Catalyst did that like, when people went to see Rogue One fair enough the, pre- the, the prologue with the mm. Krennic on the planet going to get Galen like, that gives you a bit of backstory but if you read Catalyst there's a whole backstory oh, yeah. that, 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 that kind of made it better oh yeah that book really bumped up my excitement for Rogue One and uh, really had I was like just ready for the next part of the story uh, after listening to that that book on Audible. So and then Rebel Rises. Oh yeah, delved more into. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good one too. Still haven't read the books. Jim, we we could have done without Sheev, right? We could have done without the name Sheev. I'm indifferent on it, to be honest with you. I, I don't care what the guy's first name is. He's, he's a kick-ass character. He can, he can be named Bob in the Star Wars universe, and I'm not Bob Palpatine. Care. Bob Palpatine. Bob. <laughs> I never hear it in the movies. Bob, so Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. Was it a little Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Palps? Yeah, from good old Jimmy Palps? What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Jimmy Hartland? Oh, man. Katie. Star Wars is poetry. Star Wars is poetry in some ways because the way that they've placed characters and the way that they manipulate the characters and their backstories and the timeline itself is like poetry. You have you it just moves in so many different ways and it and it motivates people to have discussions. I have to say that about people like Langston Hughes and some of the great poets of all time. There's just a, something about Star Wars that just kind of moves the conversation. For you, as somebody who is a writer, mm-hmm. somebody who uh, surrounds yourself, much like Scott, with the literary world, do you <laughs> feel that as we move closer to The Last Jedi and going forward, I just have a funny feeling with Ryan Johnson, he's trying to capture that poetic form of Star Wars, where it's we have these new characters, somebody like Rose, mm-hmm. who's now going to come into the equation and has her own thoughts about Finn and all these other characters. But I, I, I have a funny feeling that the words that they're going to use in this film are just going to be poetic in some ways. Just based off... And maybe the trailer's going to do that, which I think would be awesome. What are your feelings on that? I don't know. I mean, I haven't read many of the books in Star Wars, but I, I do love reading in general. Um, but I did I did delve into that ring theory that you guys were talking about. I read that whole article. <laughs> so now I'm, I'm very interested, you know whether they're kind of continuing that or whether that was strictly George Lucas's thing because it does make a lot of sense but I mean at the heart of it it's just the stories and I think you know we just love stories as as people and just yeah getting into everyone's story and where they're coming from like you said and that that'll be interesting yeah because it seems like and that's something that Scott you and I have talked about James everybody here has talked about is that the importance of story, you know, we talk about a lot of franchises and we go to see their films and sometimes you lose the story amongst all the action pack and all the explosions and everything. It just seems like we're moving away from that. Mm-hmm. Rogue One is a great example of that. When we're talking about Jeddah and we're talking about the city of Kyber Crystals and we're talking about really the, the sense of the force itself. Mm-hmm. That's why I brought up the word poetry is because the force is like poetry. You talk about characters like Chirrut Imwe, 
who think of the world not as like a Jedi, but think of it as the for, you know the living world around <clears throat> me controls who I am. It controls what my destiny is. I think we're moving in that direction when it comes to Star Wars. We're moving away from the traditional sense of the Force into something that's much larger, which is what they say in the first trailer. It's so much bigger. So I, I think there might be something there. I don't know. Well, plus, like, you know, you look at the light side, dark side, and then you have kind of the shades of gray. Like, are they all bad? Are they all good? And so that's kind of another interesting angle, too. Hmm. That's my question to everybody. I mean, I think we are moving in that direction. I, I, I think Rogue One really set that forth. It should be. It, yeah. And I think that it's it's a nice, fresh, new look at Star Wars. Sean, I'll start with you. I mean, I, I think it is necessary. I think, the, the not saying that the days of the lightsabers are over. We got to keep lightsabers in Star Wars because they're just so cool. And, and they're just so much fun. But at the same time, it's it's a higher sense of thinking with Star Wars. You have to think. I got to cut you off momentarily, Sean. So in my recent work trip, I went out to uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and the the person I went with on this uh, work audit, basically, we just talked Star Wars the whole time. It was actually great. Um, I won't get into too much detail, but we were talking, we, somehow we got on the topic of, of lightsabers and going through the airport. Actually, the TSA oh, wow. website actually mentions that you can travel through security with a lightsaber. It mentions it by name. Uh, that's so, not. <laughs> now, TSA. You can pick, pick one up and go back. Yes. So, homework assignment for all of our listeners and all of us around the table here is go check out the TSA website. It does specifically mention you can use a light, toy lightsaber to go through security, and they will not view Is it anybody here helicopters? Anybody? Helicopters? Wait, this is, is this just a man. It's not a helicopter lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> Okay, Kieran, Sean, sorry. It was just the perfect opportunity. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, what was the question? Helicopter lightsabers. Helicopter lightsabers. Run with it. And action. Lightsaber blades as the blade. Yeah, 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 just like the Inquisitors. Yeah. So Darth Maul just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great just to kill all the books. <laughs> James, you missed it. <laughs> but no. It, oh, stories, yeah. Yeah, we're okay, moving. Now. We're moving. Yeah, we're talking about Star Wars. Um, no, it's a story. Yeah. yeah, no, Star Trek. No, no, no. Wrong podcast. Oh. So, the idea was that we're moving away from the traditional sense of the Force into more of a higher thinking of, this is what the Force is in its natural sense more than, you know, is a certain point of view. No, none of that. It's, it's, it's the Force itself and the actual mechanism that our brains wrap around. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just the natural way that we take on the Force and how these characters perceive the Force. Do you think we're moving in that natural direction? Yeah, I think we are, and it should. And I would rather read a book or read a, or watch a movie that has great storytelling than rather than all action. I just don't want like a full-on lightsaber battle. That'd be so boring. I, I would get sick of it if it's like an hour of <laughs> whacking each other. <laughs> you mean like how it was in the original trilogy? No, the choreography was iffy. Maybe. <laughs> At best. Thanks, James. 
I, I don't know what conversation I just walked into. <laughs> <laughs> you missed the helicopter lightsaber. Fifty-two milliseconds. I made it. It's so fun to edit a James podcast, though, in the raw form. You, I made it. I made it thirty minutes actually... without saying something ignorant. Be yeah. proud of me. <laughs> well, that wasn't really bad, but I'm just saying, like, comparatively, you actually would bump up our iTunes uh, <laughs> rating if we left in what you normally say. <laughs> but then we couldn't have it be kid friendly and. So, so in the natural sense of the forest, James, you are an absolute blessing. Um, <laughs> Would you tell my mother that, please? <laughs> so I, I don't know. Anybody else's thoughts? Because I think that we are moving in, in so, a direction. With and a lot of people try to tie this into Trevorrow being fired, but mm. the, the comment that, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show at all, but the, the comment of John Boyega made that you know, the star of Star Wars is always going to be Star Wars, that nobody's bigger than it. Um, yeah. And if you come in with an ego or... Uh, I think that's just kind of... It's a good way to operate in, in life, too, is to not realize... Think you're the you know the best or there, there can't be anybody better. But I think also, too, it's always about the characters. And maybe that's a direction they're going to go that... Although there's quite a few of us that are very impartial to Luke Skywalker. And it's always the Skywalker saga. And they even they're building this as the continuation of the Skywalker saga... If that line breaks at some point and goes in a different direction, it's still that universe. It's not. It's our little viewport <laughs> into <laughs> viewport. Yeah, you know, into the into the story, and it makes it it smaller. And you go back to have a farm boy that could do really big things, and it's our it's our way to look at a really large universe in a very small way. And there could be something down the line that will give us that that same opportunity without really taking away from the world building that they've done up to this mm. point. Mm. And even and even with Luke to a certain extent, it was never about the possession of his father's lightsaber. It was Obi Wan truly and Yoda truly wanted Luke to experience. Obviously, we see it on Dagobah, the natural sense of the Force. You are you know, the the trees the. The uh, environment that in which you're in mm -hmm. determines your fate and determines the path that you take. I think, Chris, that that would be fascinating to see Luke teach Rey in the Last Jedi. That that we it's, we're moving away, and obviously in the trailer we see the book that is uh, in possession yeah. with Luke, or what we assume is Luke. There seems to be maybe a chance for Luke to not only teach Rey the ways of a Jedi, but maybe we won't see that. Maybe we'll see more of the natural sense right. of the Force come into play. Do right. you think he's going to stick her in a backpack and do have her do uh, or have her stick him in a backpack and do backflips off of rocks? Yeah. Oh, sign me up. I mean, I mean that's the way that Yoda trained him. Over under ninety nine percent, gotta be man. Sorry there. Well, they saw Phoebe. I lose the picture or two. Yes, exactly. Daisy Dude, you got fat living on this island by yourself, eating porgs all the time. No, I think as far as what Luke could potentially be teaching Ray with the Force to commune with the Force at a deeper level. I think he's potentially learned on his own from and from Obi-Wan, Yoda, whoever he's communing with through the Force. I think there's just deeper levels of the Force that he's explored and he thinks that she has the ability to go to those deeper levels and and just use the force in a way that maybe few have up to this point. So, I mean, I, I would like to see Ray 
teach you loop though too. Mm. Mm. Twist it. A little yeah. Bit. Turn it. Turn it on its head. Ah. Scott, you're awfully quiet over there. I was just thinking. I mean, talk about how that's you'd... what we want. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very bad idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if we go to rebels and we've got what the Ben do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if we go there, and he's not dark, he's not light, he's in the middle. I'm the one in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so what if Ray is going to be in that kind of league? Like, because mm. the Sith, they're not in the, well, they're in the dark, but they're not the Sith, really. They're some, something else, so Ray can be something else. So that's what Luke's teacher. Like Luke is good. Ryan Johnson even said, Luke is the last Jedi. So she he might not teach her how to be a Jedi. He could be teaching her how to be a Sam in the middle. Well, not the great Jedi, but the... Um, Pablo has said that he doesn't like that, so <laughs> yeah. we're not going to get that. It'll be some, some, something different, but something where we can take it away from the Jedi, but in a different way, like the Bender. Mm. If I may, I think that we're going to end up seeing. You, you brought up the Grey Jedi there for a second. The whole Grey Jedi thing, starting with you know Qui Gon and Yoda and Obi Wan, then with these Jedi who were the predominantly light side of the force Jedi masters, incredibly powerful, who achieved this enlightened state of being through seclusion and through meditation, where you had Yoda went to, you know, Dagobah and Obi-Wan went to Tatooine and they're sitting there in the middle of the desert or the swamp or on in Luke's case on an island in the middle of a huge ocean somewhere. Right. (laughs) Islet. But you had one Jedi who has been long classified as a gray Jedi who, after his passing, started teaching Yoda how to commune with the living force and then began te- teaching Obi-Wan. And I think that I, I really like to see Qui-Gon be kind of a catalyst for the, for the Bendu belief system. I think that he's the only Jedi because he never really had that seclusion time the only Jedi who ever actually achieved that enlightenment through through study and through understanding. Because even up till the day that he died, Yoda was always, you know, light side of the force, dark side of the force, this dichotomous force relationship. And you never really see or hear Qui-Gon mention that. You just kind of see him, you know, he, he doesn't think the Sith exist anymore, so he's kind of pushing himself towards this state of understanding where he can push himself away from the Jedi, which he's been doing for a while. I mean, he's always been kind of a renegade. And then he, as a force ghost, which we already know is extremely difficult to attain, he does it very quickly at a fairly young age without really having to put himself through that period of seclusion and putting himself away. So... I'd like to see if we can get some kind of answer on where that all fits into this new kind of quote-unquote Jedi, so we're just going to go with Force force user, this new type of Force user that we're seeing um, come out, which we actually kind of first really saw with uh, Chira Dimwe. Mm-hmm. I saw Jim thinking quite a bit there. I smelled it burning. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm usually the only one that sees it in person, so. <laughs> Get the light bulb. No, light I just, bulb. I, I just kind of wonder, uh, you know, talking about all of this and, and how Luke is going to teach Ray. And, 
Maybe she goes to that island hearing yeah. about the Jedi, maybe from Leia. During his time of seclusion, maybe Luke doesn't consider himself a Jedi anymore. That's why he says it's time for the Jedi to end, because that is not the way to go. We've done this for a long time. We've had, if there's Jedi, there's Sith. It's time for the Jedi to end, but he's not saying it's time for the belief in the Force to end, the followers of the Force to end. <clears throat> there is this, you know, Bendu is a great character, you know, that belief where they are in the middle, and that is the only way to truly end the evil that is the Sith. Man, you can tell politically where I am, because whenever I say evil and Sith, I'm always using the right. So I'm sorry about that. But, um, you know, <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, it's just... The, that that's kind of got me thinking here. That's what you're smelling. I was just thinking about it, and I, I kind of like that because I didn't like the phrase or the, the line, it's time for the Jedi to end, but the more I think about it, if that's the direction they go, and he is teaching that to Ray, just something we haven't seen. We're not going to see, because when you really look at it, people complained a lot about The Force Awakens being too similar to A New Hope. Well, what do we have now? We have... A, potential Jedi master in a secluded area that's going to be teaching a pupil. And that's a lot like Empire Strikes Back. I mean, I'm sorry. That's he, They went to a secluded area. That it, it's, it's very, very similar. So I can't believe that more people don't already complain about that. But when it comes down to it, they have to put a different spin on it. And the idea that it's not going to be Yoda in this light side person teaching somebody that those old ways of the Jedi Council Force rather teaching something that we haven't seen yet. I'm smelling some thoughts. Robin, yeah. Robin, <laughs> Robin really did. We're joking about it, but I did see a light bulb yeah. go off there for a Ding. second. Let me throw this out there. No. <laughs> Smart. Just say no. Just always say no. To jokes. Yes. <laughs> In Dax Jam. In Dax Jam, correct. The beginning of The Force Awakens. I've always tried to wrap my head around why the heck is Lord Santec at the beginning of that movie? Well, Jim, you actually made me think about this for a second. Thank you for your smelly brain. Because <laughs> now my brain's about to fry. fry itself. There was a reason that we see Lord Santec at the beginning of that film. To get killed off. To get killed off by Kylo Ren and for him to completely insult why he joined the dark side. And... The Church of the Force, the Poe Dameron comic, has done a wonderful job of talking about Lor Sinteca's journey and how Poe kind of follows along with that. The Church of the Force is its own separate entity in some ways. In some ways. But if we're going to lead off The Force Awakens with that scene where Lor Sinteca's sitting there and obviously he has a true connection to the force that kind of teases the direction right off the bat that you have the leader of the church of the force leading off this series of trilogy films instead of having luke kick it off or having leia kick off these films a familiar face you have somebody like Lor Sinteca who knows luke skywalker's story to me, she is royalty when he's talking about Princess Leia, or General Leia in this case. He has a clear idea of the Skywalker lineage. And when he's talking to Kylo Ren, he says, you know, I know who your family is. It's not, it, this is not the direction that your family really truly speaks to. 
my brain fart was telling me right there <laughs> that maybe even at the beginning of The Force Awakens, we were being teased about this direction even before we even got to Rogue One. And as we head closer to Episode 9, J.J. Abrams wrapping this thing up. That's the mindset I'm, I'm kind of running with. Hmm. The question is, sorry, this whole thing about J.J. Abrams coming back, and I've kind of thoughts on it. How does he actually feel? I mean, if we can talk about it, he doesn't wrap up Sag as well. I mean, Star Trek, he fell it back. Uh, well, I think a lot of where people focus in on Scott is like the television series Lost. And, yeah. So, where he obviously was a big part of it, but a lot of where it went in all these different directions and came up with it's like Polar Bear, it wasn't just him. Yeah. And a lot of people obviously will associate it to him at the, at the very top, but... Maybe just our sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't get the sense that he has a, a problem with finishing what he started. No, no. And I think that's where a lot of Star Wars fans went to, is just because you're going to say, okay, well, Lost was just all over the place. Therefore, I'm going to draw the conclusion that this is going to be a mess. And there was a team of writers. I don't even yeah. think towards the end he was even writing. I think he was just he executive yeah, producing. Yeah. So. By that time, like, with Lost finished, he was pretty much the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I I actually am... I'm of the ilk of... I'm actually excited. You've got somebody that was there to get things started he'll be able to i'm sure a lot of us have seen the meme of him talking to his own face i will finish what he started um, um, i don't know i'm i'm excited about it yes was the force awakens the perfect movie no i don't ex i'm not looking for perfection from a star wars film i'm looking for an enjoyable experience talking you know katie mentioned like the characters oh yeah it's always yeah. about the characters I don't know. That's just where I'm at. I, I'm I'm good with it. Well, he came up with Paul. He came up with Ray. He came up with Finn. So yeah, he knows his characters. characters. Yeah. yeah. So he knows how to do. And I characters. think he's gonna have great. Yeah. Dark characters too. Yeah. Just because yeah. how. Well, he's gonna, you know, piggyback off of what Ryan's brought into the, you know, into the universe, and between the two of them, they could have some of these characters carry on or whatever it may be. I mean, he's got even more. To play with now than than he did before. Sorry, just gonna have to put Amber on Helen. Pretty cool. Did anybody read the the Shuret and Bay's book? I didn't. Mm. Uh, you did. It's not the best book, no. but if you like those characters, like they're it actually. Should, it should have been favorite. a comic book instead. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's slow in parts. It took me. I would put it down for a little bit, and I come back to it. But I I did finish it. And one of the things that was interesting about it, we're talking about the Church of the Force, and all of these different like beliefs in the. Um, oh. Hold on. Have, this this, this person guest? this person called me earlier, and it's a wrong number. So Scott. Hello? Hello? Uh, but you know what? I know that I'm, I'm very sorry. Alright, <laughs> 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 no problem. <laughs> Bye. Cheerio. Cheerio. Alright, who wants it next if they call again? Who wants it, Jim? Yeah, Katie will take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But the interesting thing about that book is they talk about, you know, Jeddah is not just a place for the Guardians of the Wills. There's a lot of different factions that go there as pilgrimages from, you know, across the galaxy. So I just think there's, when we talk about the Church of the Force and the Guardians of the Wills, they're all from the same ilk. And I look at it as 
there's a lot of crossover between our religions. Hmm. There's um, every religion has an Abraham, I believe. It's kind of that same idea where I just look at it as a, a lot of different sects. The sects. Yeah, that sounds bad <laughs> if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, but um, so anyway, it, you go over it, and it's it's a lot of core beliefs and different ways of looking at it, and that's when I see the Church of the Force. I'm sorry to distract you like that, Robin. I, 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 my immature mind just went yeah, off. Yeah, I can. It's tell. complete I tantrum. <laughs> you bring up a good point, though. Jim. I gotta find a good synonym for that to use in the future, besides sex. Yeah. Sex. Still. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Doesn't sound right. <laughs> Denominations. Denomination. Good one. Yeah. yeah. So various denominations of followers. We can't move on from this. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the non denominational yeah. Church of Latter day Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually a really good point, Jim, is I think there there are different denominations of the the, the force. If that's the word we... Yoda's witnesses? Yoda's witnesses. We're here to talk to you about our Lord and Savior, Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm done. (laughs) It's golden. There are are different groups within the the Force itself. I I, I truly believe when you're talking about the Guardians of the Whales, you're talking about the Church of the Force. I definitely think, and maybe this will be answered, that maybe Luke has come to the conclusion that of the many factions maybe his is his own experienced jedi who have had connections to the force and move away from it qui-gon jinn obi-wan kenobi luke skywalker ray maybe this is just a new form scott a new form of the order itself going back to its most traditional sense of just the force itself and not the the focus on it's me against the Sith or it's me against the Jedi. It's no, it's who has the most enlightenment. Who is, who is more enlightened? It's not, it's not physical power. It's who is more enlightened in this case and who has control of the galaxy in terms of enlightenment kind of with, I have to admit rogue one did that a little bit with Jedi. We saw very similar political tones with Jedi to what we experience now in real life. The the varying viewpoints on the world itself, the aspect on religion, the aspect of the world and who composes it as human beings. There's a lot of these little bit of tidbits that they're trying to formulate and try to connect to what we experience in real life. That kind of speaks to the original trilogy, trilogy in a way. You know, when you're talking about the the affirmation of the empire as the Nazis, you know, that similar kind of concept in the concept of rebellion. There's just so much natural influence to that from the real world that I think it, it, that we could see that play out in some way. Going off of that, it's just, uh, it's interesting, you know, how the empire suppressed the idea of the force and the Jedi, they eliminated them. They didn't want that to be in the galaxy because they didn't want to give people that there's hope, that there's beings that have the ability to potentially overtake you know, what they've created. That's why they just did everything in their power to wipe them out. And you know, they, they knew that Jedi City had, there was more to Jedi City than just there was some Saw Gerrera and his 
his group were doing Band stuff. of mischievous. Right. <laughs> I was going Merry Men and Robin Hood. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Saw Greer and his Merry Men. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, men in tights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a rare men in tights. No, no, we're not doing no, that. No, definitely. Not. Never mind. Um, no, but just going off of <clears throat> how the Empire wanted this idea eliminated from the galaxy, and how it's crazy just how one individual could try to bring this all back to the forefront and let people know that there's still people out there that know about the force they believe in it it's part of their lives and it can help connect others to help overcome the empire mm. unity is community <laughs> right? little plug right there on a t-shirt yeah we, we do need to put that on t-shirt <clears throat> tpublic.com but at the, plugged, I, I think I think, Sean, that's always been our focus here at the network has always been not just the sense of unity as community amongst us as a Star Wars community, but even in the films itself, that unity is community, that no matter what sector of the universe you come from, you know, we kind of see that with Grand Admiral Thrawn a little bit. He's the first alien species that the Emperor let in because he saw potential in him. And that's a system that focuses on a, on a non-alien basis. Right. So there's a little bit of an, of an exception there in some ways. But even Thrawn being part of the Empire recognized that. Mm -hmm. And that's what sets him apart from the traditional Empire. Is that he looked at the entire universe as a way of, you know what, I might manipulate them to get what I want. But they're all their own entity. They're all their own species. And there is this sense. He wanted to know, he wanted to know the history of, of each race. He had a willingness to exceed his knowledge and to really enhance who he was as not just an imperial leader, but as a philosopher in some ways. And I think that's why a, a lot of fans... Yeah, yeah. Create a story out of that. Mm -hmm. Boy, if we get that with Luke and we really see him build a story for himself, not based, of what the, not based on what the original trilogy did, but this new story of Luke... Brian, you're you're the Luke guy, so is Jim. and so is Jim. <laughs> I think that if we see Luke formulate this new story, it would make sense. I want to go. I want to hear you, your thoughts here. The you know a lot of you that I don't have the background of reading all like the pre Disney novels and stuff. I know James is one of the things you're really good at too. But I just wonder what can they pull out of that and put it into this. And a lot of the people that were involved with that are still with Lucasfilm so they, they draw on that and they pull in different things but I feel like there's some whether it's the Old Republic or going back to the days of Revan and stuff, what, what, what theories or what could they pull in without having to reinvent the wheel completely that they could pull in that would apply to Luke Skywalker kind of in his present day of what's kind of going on discuss discuss, thank you for permission to speak <laughs> I would like to see a lot of the old republic aspects brought in i'd like to see kind of more of the original history that we had mm -hmm. if not the future that they're moving into luke skywalker's jedi academy has already happened that's a thing of the past i'd like to see a book about that i'd like to see what happened but that goes back to the whole knights of ren discussion you know where the hell is that going what i'd like to see is more of an explanation of 
how the how the galaxy as a whole became what it was that caused a farm boy to a farm boy spawned from greatness to realize that there's something bigger out there is it the will of the force is it you know a genetic disposition to want to get the hell out of the homestead because yeah. i mean anakin had yeah. that but was it the will of the force or was it just him as a person I, i'd like to see more of an explanation of what brought luke or what what happened to Luke on Tatooine when he was younger? What made it so that he wanted so desperately to get away from there? Aside, you know, obviously being stuck working moisture evaporators in the middle of the desert is probably not the best time, especially when you go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters <laughs> and your stupid uncle won't let you. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'd really like to see, I'd like to see him develop more, kind of kind of regress a little bit into that wide-eyed innocent not really sure what's out there and i think that we're i hope that we're going to get that with the advent of the the gray jedi and the neutral force users and these which we haven't even mentioned today by the way the the books that he has the actual tangible paper books that he has and kind of get that sense of curiosity and wonder that he had in the original trilogy that he kept even through Return of the Jedi, even through, you know, everything, he just kept that. And I'd like to see him retain that, get back to that, and realize that the universe and the galaxy is far bigger than he's realized yet. And that even that even he has realized yet. Scott, one of the things I kind of piggyback on when it comes to your question, Brian, about what are things that they could pull from either Legends mm-hmm. or past stuff about Luke Skywalker, the first thing that I get to, Scott, is not in 100%, but maybe just a little bit of Luke exploring the dark side. Just knowing what is actually there. Your question, there's more to it than just what he's been told. You cannot go to this side. This way is the path of the dark side. Well, what is that side actually like? What is that thinking like? As was one kind of did that it's like force-based heroin geez <laughs> no right he did yeah uh, experience that but he forced choked the grammarian guards yeah. yeah yeah so he's done it and tried to so he knew that there was ways to manipulate the force in that aspect so mm. maybe it happened maybe he started looking at that stuff even before return in between Pyre and, and Jedi. That put us in Shadows of the Empire time, which exactly. I, it would be something. She's our. <laughs> yeah, which I would actually like to have them. That was my first thought is if they're going to pull something besides Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. um, you know, something that deals with Skywalker, I would I would want it to be. Uh, it just we got to do something about Dash Rendar because that's right awful. But um, you know, beyond that, you know, I, I, that would be great. Like a, and just uh, for that purpose, wait, what do you mean do something off. about Dash Rendar? I mean, you know, like maybe, it, it, yeah, it's kind of along the whole Sheev conversation we were having. I just, I'd like I to see Dash Rendar make an appearance. No, no, I don't know about yeah. Dash. He was basically Han Solo's replacement. Right. That's I mean, what that's, I, yeah. we need a smuggler. So here we go. And look know. at his outrider. But there's yeah. like a smaller, just no, it's not Millennium smaller. Falcon. It's a, it's a better Millennium Falcon. <laughs> it's not as fast, but it's heavier armed. Dash Rendar? Yeah, he might not be Han Solo, but you know what? 
There's a whole cadre of smugglers out there. Right? You, you have Narshida and Nar- and Nalhada, which are the hub of the smuggling <laughs> I community. I really <laughs> hit a sore spot here. And there's, pro- there's probably like 15,000 carbon copies of Han freaking Solo sitting there. He's not a remarkable character. He's a smuggler. He runs from crap. He's just got a cool ship. And maybe he realized that, you know, at one point, you know, there's something bigger than him out there. But yeah, there's like 17 million of them. <laughs> he's he's yeah. not a unique character. I don't know. I remember reading the book kind of thinking, man, Arnold Schwarzenegger could play Dash Rendar. Absolutely and he could. And that tells me that there's something wrong with that character. But to, to be fair, Willem Dafoe could have played written. Han Solo. Yeah. Right. I mean... <laughs> you know, so... So, anyway. Let's wait for the movie. Yeah, Yeah. but I agree. You know, there's some things about Luke at the beginning of Return of the Jedi where it just seems like he has dabbled in that. And that time period between Empire and Return of the Jedi would be great to explore and pull a little bit out of uh, Shadows of the Empire. The thing about Star Wars that I wish that there was more of, I know it doesn't really fit with the way the movies are made and stuff, but Force Awakens opened the window with these um, force visions mm. like I me as a, a moviegoer I like I love like flashbacks and like dream sequence kind of things I really would love if they did like a flashback to him doing something in these time periods that we don't know the answers to like him talking to Ray or by him telling her a story, you know, she has a force vision of him. I mean, they, they filmed scenes of Vader's fight on Bespin with Luke for a reason. And they decided to cut them out for a reason with Force Awakens. But I would love to see flashbacks of some, some level of his previous experiences. I know it probably won't happen, but, you know, it would be... In... It would be cool to see the Mets of Ren in a flashback. Something or, or what Luke, what Luke can, could do. Well, maybe you know him. Describe maybe he's telling Ray about what happened, and they actually show like visions or scenes, you know, as he's talking about it. I don't know. One of the things Star Wars has always been good at, always has been good at, is not necessarily showing the flashback, but giving us an audio version. Of a flashback. Yeah. Kind of like Obi-Wan and A New Hope. Right. Yeah. And now they've since dubbed some of the prequel stuff in between that. Yeah. You've got to get that. But if we never got the prequels, you still would use your own creativity right. to recreate the Clone War and the, the Jedis being star pilots and all that other stuff. You can use your imagination with it. You don't need to actually mm-hmm. see it. You can just get little sound bites of it and just run with it. Right. Yeah. That's why I hope at least... He's telling her, giving her some background. You know, like, even if it's just, like, little things like you said about what the Knights of Ren may say to to Luke if they confront him. Just, like, little things. You know, me as a moviegoer, my own, I would love to see flashbacks or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. Well over that one hour mark, Rob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This This is where conversations get very interesting is right after that one hour mark you're like people are still listening yeah <laughs> they will be, they will be. don't worry not. about that don't worry about that they <laughs> i listen to podcasts <laughs> five hours long so no it's true listen. scott i think and i'll throw it over to you katie because i think we brought up a very interesting point here about flashbacks 
Scott, you and I have talked about flashbacks on multiple occasions because sometimes the novels will do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll have the, the little right. epilogues in the middle yeah. where they just kind of fill in the gaps, flashing it back to those moments. Cinematically, how do you think that if, if it would fit into this equation? Star Wars isn't really known for doing it. Yeah. And it'd be quite... Well, it's a new thing you could add in, but... I feel it would take away from what Star Wars has done before, but then this is a new era, this is the Disney era of Star Wars. And it has worked kind of in The Force Awakens, so I think it can work going forward. But it's a bit to see kind of thing. If, if it'll work, how the audiences respond to it. They don't want to do it as a gimmick, and then right. it starts becoming. Yeah, they have it in every single one. Yeah. 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 The entirety I of the, the Last Force Jedi is just a Luke Skywalker yeah. flashback. Like between the time that it was in theaters and when it came out on video, I had that like bookmarked on YouTube and was just watching it and like, what, what were they saying? What was happening in that? And there was just so much in it, and and yet it was still like mysterious and you know raising those questions, like just things we don't know about, but just a glimpse of it. And I think that was just really exciting. There was a flashback in Rogue One. Mm. Uh, oh, when Jen yeah. was like her flashing, dream, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she flashed back. So that's the second thing. Jen, they done it. Yep. So yeah, so maybe this is it's a kind of a thing now. Yeah. 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 Well, if it allows you to get more of that backstory in, right. in a different way, you know, yeah. that they don't have to go spend all this time on it, but yet you still get the, some of that stuff that we're talking about that we want. Yeah. I'm this. good with it. That flashback <laughs> scene in one was actually in the book. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's been kind of cool. So that's. Oh yeah, that was really neat. Yeah. yeah. Connecting that. Yeah. Yeah, I think almost. I wonder if Luke gets Ray to th- doing their all the training and everything. They get she is just like inundated with ability uh, to to use a force that she just Starts like dreaming. right her mind just goes yeah and starts. You know, all these things in the past, you know, start hitting her, you know. I mean, I, I think that would be pretty cool if, if they go that route. But yeah. We see that in the trailer, too. Like, when she's there, yeah. she's like... <gasps> I, think that, I think that's yeah, what, that's what yeah. you know, she went through. If that was a physical training or if that was a, you know, a force... Mental. Mental kind of training. I think it's going to happen, like, multiple times to her. <clears throat> it's going to get harder for her. Mm. And Luke's going to be the one to actually help her and get these... If you want to say feelings of the force, at ease. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's a lot of conflict in Rey. We saw that when she's battling Kylo Ren at the end on Starkiller Base. There, there's that time where she just it hits her when he says, "I can teach you," and she starts meditating and meditating and meditating on the force. It was like she had forgotten, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, the force." Oh, I, I know, I know how to use this. Oh. But it was great because it wasn't necessarily that she connected with, I'm not going to say with the light side of the force, Mm -hmm. but she became so aggressive after that moment that she was able to conquer that. And when she's standing there looking down on him, it's like, oh, wait a a second, this is not the Ray I'm I'm getting to know here. This is a very different Ray than we experienced at the beginning half. I think think Maz is going to help out during this. And she's going to play a big role in this next movie, I think. And how her... Especially what what she knows about Luke and how she knows the Force. Because, of course, she knew Yoda and all. And... She was meant to like use force powers in Force Awakens, but yeah. right. she mm. yeah. back then. So yeah, so she's another one who's part of that whole. And no one, no one talks about her. As I much. know. That's and what I was just gonna say. I'm very curious about those. Oh yeah. yeah. I, 
She she's was such an underrated character, character I think. Yeah. And like no books or no comics or and not, the, not much. I mean, it, it's well, got a pretty a big reason. actress no, behind right. it too with Lapita and yeah, Mongo. Yeah. So I mean, that that could be the one thing as we've been now talking for how long here? But um, <laughs> one hour, seven minutes, and forty-two seconds. Well, that's only this is segment number two. Yeah. Uh, the other one cut off around. I think it was like Are you gonna tell the people that? <laughs> oh, they're not supposed to know the secrets. What secrets? Inside the thing. <laughs> exactly. That we hack everything and we just go at it. Hack it up. But I mean, we talked this all along, and and we could probably all do. Uh, it'd be great to give that character her due at some point, and really kind of talk yeah. about the character of Maz. Maybe, I mean, she's what a thousand years old or yeah. something like yeah, that. Crazy. I've seen a lot she's of about the same things. age as Snoke. Yeah. Uh oh. Dun dun dun. Light bulb. Theory number two. Maybe. Snoke she theory two point oh. She might know Snoke. Yeah. Might know who. Feel his presence. Oh, are they related? <laughs> oh no, man. No. Oh jeez. Not that, but I no, think I there's know. some history there. Right. And, I mean, the stories that she could tell, and you know, being on Takadana. And just what she, I mean, that's she presumably the, knows who Ray is, too. Just I've always felt that from that mm-hmm. conversation, like we talked about with Han Solo when she says, Who's the girl? Yeah, and then she immediately is going down because of the lightsaber down there. She knows yeah. to me, I'm just like, She knows who Ray is already. I want to know how she got the lightsaber. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. new, new Snoke theory. Then this whole, this whole thing is, is a lover's quarrel between <laughs> oh, no. Maz and Snoke because she got the castle in divorce and he got the Knights of Ren. <laughs> And he's just bitter about that, and he wants the castle back. <laughs> no, no, it's destroyed, so... Yeah, no, he's like, if she can't have it, I'm not going <laughs> to The location of Takadana, if you look at the, the galaxy, the map, it's in a it's in a place that it's it's close to a lot of systems. So it can... There can be a lot of... Like, it's in a location that so many different groups or people can go through that system and potentially could be a hotspot for who is in control of it mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so maybe in its past like it was a spot that armies could set up shop and then they could disperse mm-hmm. i know there's light speed and stuff like that but i mean it's just like its location is interesting if you look at the map of the galaxy in the current canon and then the fact that it's also been mentioned in several other novels was it Aftermath? Aftermath did mention it, yes. Yeah, it's also mentioned in Rebel Rising, maybe in some of the comics I'm missing, but yeah. um, it's interesting that they're, you know, they're dropping in different bits and pieces of Takadana's uh, place in the uh, the galaxy. But, I mean, and then going back to Rebel Rising, I mean, there's a mention in that book that has really sparked my, sparked an idea that there could be a connection between... Maz and Jin and potentially Han Solo. I missed that one. So, yeah. I speed read too, so it's very. Well, easy. on the audiobook, it was you know it was very. They uh, brought that out right, very clear. and I was just like, there could be a story in itself. There. I like that Wookie. Yeah, I know it's very. <laughs> I don't. I don't check it out enough, but you know, there's so much information that you can uh, get from there. But like you said, Brian, to start this whole thing off, Maz Kanata does have her. We're not even due giving credit. her any of the credit. Right. Like we I feel need like to give her credit. She's yeah. like the one thing that I don't think a lot of Star Wars fans are that focused on right now. And maybe we should 
uh, give it a little, give her a little bit more due. And I'm probably going to go back and see if there's anything now that we've, you know, we've missed. And I'm sure in the day and age of the internet, I'm sure if you just search hard enough, I'm sure somebody's already maybe covered at yeah. some point. But if we talk about, you know, you know, our group and, you know, our listeners and stuff like that, I think just another reason to maybe get excited about this film coming out. Mm. Absolutely. Scott, I think one of the other things, um, when we're talking about connections and we're talking about bringing characters into the picture, sometimes it is those characters that loom in the background that bring up the best of conversations that are the ones that we, that we don't focus on. It comes to books, it comes to novels and everything else. There are those side characters. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. There's there's just a lot there that we can keep this discussion going on. Maz Kanata is a great example of that. I think Governor Price. Oh yeah. Governor Price is another character that we've seen play out in the canon a little bit. But like I was talking with Zena about more Governor Price. We need some more backstory about how she came up into the Empire. I think we've already gotten yeah, that. I think it's gonna be what she's done from now on. I think we got our backstory in Thrawn. I don't know. I, I think there's I think there's some some like lost star story to her that, about the I, I that's just that's me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. I thought of Ray Sloan. Right. Ray Sloan's another great example. I want to see. Yeah. I want to see her. <laughs> Sorry, I just finished Phasma, mm. uh, Captain Phasma book, and uh... la, la, no, 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 la, no, 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 no. I'm not, not going to say. I'm not no spoilers or anything. But it's just it's interesting. Brienne of Tarth. no i just we get more depth to that character and it's where ray sloan has made no i'm no spoilers (laughs) no like ray sloan has made so many appearances in the canon that there's got to be something else to her character you know like pure the new dawn that's where she first showed up yeah and then she the aftermath series, she showed up in that, and then she even showed up. Was it Shattered Empire? Yes, she was briefly mentioned yeah, in Shattered Empire. So I would like to see her come into Rebels or even a movie, right? Because she was there at the end of the Empire. So I would like her to be more involved mm. in First Order. I have a complete biography of Maskatana and Kanada in front of me right now. <laughs> See, doesn't take that long. No. no, I just downloaded the Wikipedia app. <laughs> <laughs> Plug time. No, I'm just <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, no, like, literally, I was like, what if they, what if they have an app for this? Because now that I have a smartphone and I know what an app is. <laughs> <laughs> I technology. The precursor to a dinner. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dad jokes. Oh, yeah. That's what happens when you get old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> She's one character I have to show up, so I'm not just in a bit. Right, they're building up for a reason. Yeah. You yes. Know, whatever level of canon content you know they want to put her in, I mean, she's been involved for a reason. So it, it's really, it would be interesting to see if she is in this trilogy or if she's just going to stay in books and, and comics and, and mm-hmm. whatever it may but be. But explain those things again when I said you need to put in the characters, some of the characters from the books, into right. the movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eli's another one from Thrawn. Oh, yeah. He needs to show up. And yes. I don't want to spoil it, but where his character ended off at the end of Thrawn, is that going to get continued on in Rebels? Is right. that going to pop up there? 
or is that going to be a book or is that going to be a comic? Another, sh- another show maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the next show after Rebels could be set after any Return of the Jedi. It could be a First Order TV series. Who knows? Underworld is actually what it is. Is it? Yeah. No, they already, they've already announced that it's coming out in 2018. It is following Boba Fett. The next animated one? The next animated show, Star Wars Underworld. I thought they were just saying that that wasn't going to be announced until the next mm. D23. Yeah, it's already on IMDb and everything else. Oh, there's been an Underworld on IMDb forever. Huh? At one point, it was going to be a live-action TV show. Well, screw that then, because they already got... <laughs> no, if they do live-action, it's got Ahmed Best in it, reprising Jar Jar Binks. And if they do that, then I'm just going to burn the whole thing straight to the ground. Don't go by IMDb. <laughs> yeah, Never go by a new People project People can put their IMDb. own stuff in yeah. their own information. Yeah, and then it... Oh, man, I didn't know that. See, yeah. this is why I don't yeah. technology. Yeah. I love. Yeah, the there are idea. some lies on the yeah. internet. You got to be a little careful. <laughs> I know about that. that tool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can teach you about information literacy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Learning. Katie can do that. Absolutely. You Have you ever tried to help me technology with anything before? Because it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> watching I, me with a smartphone is like watching a trained ape. <laughs> I love the oh, idea man. of Ray Sloan and continuing that. What would be awesome? If, if forces of destiny race loan get a doll of that and just start really pushing that story that it's not just sabine it's not just ray it's not just Jin. there are women in the empire strong woman figures in the empire the governor price of race loan doesn't matter right i mean it doesn't matter where it is that would be such a great way to see yeah, that story continue in, in that way but i think like you guys said there does ha- there does have to be a connection between books and movies. You wouldn't be telling these stories in a book form without there being the flip side to it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously movies are number one. Of course. You know, number one. Um, Everything else is secondary. Right it's now. secondary, and you know they're not going to. Everybody that's writing the books is has to follow in line with what the movies have done. You know, story group keeps everything, everybody in you know in check as far as that goes. But you do after you know maybe it's not this trilogy, but you know maybe eventually there's going to be more uh, fan. I don't want to say fan service, but like you know you want to see the characters that you've read about and maybe created. Maybe there's some of your favorite characters. You want to see some of those people mm-hmm. fleshed out. In movie or you know a TV series or something like that. At least that's you know that's how I feel. Uh, there's definitely characters that I love to see, you know, in the movies. But and when reading Empire's End, I thought the entire time when reading it, I could picture every single scene in that book either as live action or animated. Especially yeah. the last Chuck Wendig oh, did yeah, such a third great book, job especially. with that third book yeah. third of, of the just kind book. of it's taking the characters and having us you know visualize each part of that book and how it played out when you're talking about Yupai Tashu oh, yeah. and you're talking about the scene with the acolytes and you're talking about his connection and his discussions um, as they enter Jakku that was just amazing oh, my gosh. and to see that play out at some point either cinematically maybe we get it that way a side story maybe we the canon moves itself into a, a we finally get like I know Scott, you and I always talk about this lost stars in a comic book form. If we start branching those pieces of canon out, taking the novels and then saying, yeah, let's do an animated show on this or a live action show on this. Let's do what Chuck Wendig did, but like Game of Thrones style 
with what's yes. going on in the <laughs> empire yeah. at that Old time. Republic. I think I think the Game of Old Thrones, Republic, are, Game of Thrones style yeah. type thing, uh, original Sith War. I would love to see that. Yep. Yeah. It's a format that works. Screw that Netflix. Game of Thrones, <laughs> the Game of Thrones format works. It'd be on the new Disney <laughs> uh, streaming service. Is what it would be on. <laughs> Taking everything of theirs off of Netflix and putting on their yeah, own. Yeah, they're going to have service. their own. But I think oh, we're moving yeah, down that direction of where everything. Well, everything it's it always finds its its median. It always finds a, a place where it meets, and I think that it, it's it's going to happen at some point. I, I think that we're moving a direction, Sean. Especially where, with the, the video. That's why we started the network, right? Especially with the the new Battlefront Two coming out with the new the new story. Yeah. How much is of the main character? I don't I don't know her name yet, but oh, um, I don't remember. I, 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 Ida, Ida, Ida. We don't know yeah. how much she's gonna play. Is it just the video game? Is she gonna have her own? I think, she's under I think the, there's gonna yeah, she's uh, in the book, right? yeah. squad. That kind of sets up everything. So I uh, see. I didn't read that. So but that sets up everything, and then the book, the game is set after Return of the Jedi. So straight into. I haven't gamed in a lot of years, and I don't own a system that I could play that on. But I'm giving some strong consideration to jumping back into the fray because that game just looks amazing. I'm going by an Xbox 360. Uh, sorry, Xbox One S, not 360. Jesus Christ. PS4. Yes. <laughs> Screw you and your Sony products. Yeah, that Xbox? is a way better game library. Here we go. All right. So, no, there's no, another no, Xbox PS4. guy here. Thank you. Yeah, I got nothing against PS4. I'm just standards. not going to go buy it. Yeah, see, no, I, I would have to get... That's a big investment to get a whole entire but then gaming system. But you've got the VR stuff as well. And then play back. And then maybe, and I don't think they'll do a Force Unleashed 3 to... You know, fix the absolute crap fest that was Force Unleashed 2 following the stellar game that was Force Unleashed 1. Or maybe they'll just realize that they ruined it and let it lie. Mm. Speaking about Battlefront 2, the first time we've seen a novel explain what you're going to play. Give backstory to what you're going to play. That, in some Kills way... the gaming experience. Well, no, you know what? It might, it might counter to, to that. No. Right. No, you don't have to read it. You can play the game and enjoy it that but way. But it's like Rogue One and Catalyst. It's giving you a backstory. It's expanding that character. Because if you go to the game and you don't, you don't know what this character's about. Are you talking about Inferno Squad? Yeah. yeah. I didn't foresee him. Mm-hmm. So that's... I one. mean, yeah. I don't game. Sorry to I was just, so, I was just yeah. saying basically the same yeah. thing, Chris. Yeah. That I'm like... It's been several years since I bought a new yeah. gaming system right. that if I wanted to jump in to get the new game coming yeah. out, that's a big investment for a fan. I just, but the yeah. game looks really good. Total of $340? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if I wanted that, like, I'm just going to, yeah. you know. No, no, and that's right. the thing, too, <laughs> being a, a dad and, and oh, working and stuff. It's like time. time is so finite as it is. It's, you know, it, it becomes difficult. It's a, it's a time proposition more than anything. Well, that's why my mate Ross, he bought the PS4 because of Battlefront. Yeah. Yeah, so he bought it. What trade-off would I make? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I... Working's overrated, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> I know, my wife always says... I, she says that she's so glad that I don't game. You know, I'm not a gamer because it's just like... It's super time-consuming. Yeah. You know, I would... As much as I'd like to, I'm horrible at video games, but I'm I, bad I love, it's know, also, I love it's, the it's idea. It's only as time-consuming as you let it be. Yeah, right. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, you can just, yeah. I mean, I could, I could sit down for an hour and I could play, um, right now it's Assassin's Creed Unity. 
and I could sit there and I could play that and for an hour and be absolutely happy. And then, you know, one day I have a six-hour block where I'm not doing anything. I just sit down and I binge play for six hours. It's only about as time-consuming as you let it be. Yeah. You can work it around kids, but then, you know, you'll probably get with Battlefront. You get to a point where it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. You'll be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be working four hours. Going to get a lightsaber noise in there, you know, to block that. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Sean, 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 Sean. Can, can we use the, the UK slang for curse words now because most Americans don't understand what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what iTunes policy on UK slang is, but uh, we can we can find that out the hard way. Bollocks. But I totally agree. I think that, like here at the network, guys, the time that you take to have a discussion or to play a game or read a book it's all dependent on what you feel you have to put into it. You know, here at the network, each one of us, we contribute in our own individual way. And it's whatever time, Brian, you and I always say it, it's whatever time we got that we want to put into it, we mm -hmm. put into it and, it, and it's able to bolster the message that we want to get across, which is always a positive message and always trying to push not just the Star Wars universe forward, but our own experiences forward so that fans know that, you know, it's not just about Star Wars. It's the experience and the fans and everything that surrounds it that binds us together. <laughs> surrounds us, binds us, penetrates us. <laughs> exactly. Couldn't have said it any better. That was quite a choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've reached that point at 1 hour, 27 minutes, 35 seconds in the show, guys. Give or take. Give or take. Depends it's a little... how much we have to edit out of James. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a little time. I, I behaved today. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've been very tame. You've been, you've been very tame. I heard the Snoke episode. There was about a 10-minute cut uh, scene that would make a very interesting final. I like the SpongeBob dolphin noise that you use. I think I that's that. perfect. <laughs> I think you can just continue that. I thought it was a glitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. All right, guys. Time for plug time. Plug time. That's right. Time to fire it around. Who who wants to start off? I, I, I think started here. Where can good people find you across social media? Oh my gosh. At Twitter, I'm wanderer underscore Katie. And same thing on Instagram. Yeah, that's probably the best place. You guys can find me at Show one on Twitter. My uh, Instagram is, I changed my name to it's zone Z. Uh, follow my mu music at Bandcamp. 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 And SoundCloud. This and one time? On Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> every time you guys say that, that's what I'm thinking yeah. in my head. So. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Party. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jedi Scavenger SW. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Vintage Viewport. Hey, well, thank you guys for having me over here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will be back depending on how I get my money sorted out. I <laughs> might not be able to leave the country. <laughs> well, I'll just uh, sleep in a cardboard box. I'm pretty good at that. Uh, <laughs> you, you can find me on Facebook at Scottish or Scottish85 on Twitter. It's so great to hear that in person. I know. It's always on talking far, far away now to hear that. <laughs> Well, you can find me on Twitter at Red5Jim. 
That's it. Um, okay. Yeah. That's it. I'm not doing anything else. Uh, yours is better than mine. Uh, due to oh, my yeah, accounts too, yeah. uh, being hacked, you cannot <laughs> currently find me on social media. So, Aww. yeah, that's more to follow. You can probably find me at the supermarket later on. <laughs> <laughs> the man's got to eat. Wikipedia <laughs> app. Oh. All right. I don't, I don't think that's got like a sign in. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> No, don't tell me that. <laughs> you can go correct everything. Yeah. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I'm not it's open source. Just look up Yuzon Vong. I'm sure you can come up with something. <laughs> right. Oh, man. <laughs> you guys can follow, follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. You can find me on the bottom half of an ATAT walker being squashed uh, over Damn. on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the official vote, you guys can head on over again to Twitter. Head on over to Facebook, friend request me. Make sure to like the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network page on Facebook. And as always, I'm not English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in common term, uh, Scott is not English. We'll, we'll clear the air. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can please always, always head on over to iTunes. Make sure to please rate and subscribe and comment on some of your favorite episodes. Especially subscribe on iTunes. Because that is what builds these conversations. That is what continues the epic guests coming on to talk in Far, Far Away and across the home show and on all these great shows, including Mr. Jim's new Musings of the Dark Side on YouTube. Please subscribe on YouTube for more stuff to come. Scott, we do have carpool karaoke planned for later on today. So make sure that you, you (laughs) you guys will see that on YouTube as well. And also follow us over on Google Play. We've actually had quite a few subscribers on there, and uh, that's been a great outlet for us. So please head on over to Google Play if you don't partake in the iTunes, and make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment over there. And as we always say here on the Podcast Network, may may the the force force be with you. you. Always. Always.